Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. And now, during the Tempur-Pedic Summer of Sleep, all Tempur-Pedic mattresses are on sale, with savings up to $500 on adjustable sets. Get your best sleep, all night, every night. Learn more at Tempurpedic.com. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. going on DJ Nation Kenny Kim here bringing you another fantasy golf degenerates podcast this week for the WGC uh, FedEx St. Jude as usual I'm here with Tyler Tambaline Tyler how are you doing this week I'm doing good man uh, you know another interesting week it wasn't the world's best field but before we get into the recap just want to remind everyone quickly this podcast is sponsored and presented by Rotogrinders you can go over to rotogrinders.com/dgen uh, use use the sign up link there. It's going to be ten bucks off your first month or fifty bucks off for the first year. Yeah, three M Open Kenny was an interesting one. I, I mean, I don't sugarcoat much, so I, yeah, I said the same thing today on my Roto Grinders show. Love the win for Thompson. Love the emotion that he showed at the end. You know that interview is just—it's the grind, man. It's like I, I say all the time. I relate PGA DFS to it in a sense. I mean, it's the closest sport that compares, in my opinion, because we can actually all go out and play in these qualifiers and these tournaments and try and get to the next level. And we're all grinding to get to a different level of success. And we're all trying to get to the top. And so anytime you win something, it's incredible. We see the screenshots every week, people that have it, that it paid off, love to see it all. But I think, you know, being honest and everyone will come at me for this and say, well, at least we got sports and PGA is doing it right. I don't, I'm just telling you the truth. If I didn't have real money down on that tournament, I honestly couldn't have cared. It was just, there was nothing exciting about it. The top of the leaderboard was completely wiped out. Uh, as far as the daily fantasy high, high um, price guys. So it was like, you know, Finau blows another one on Sunday. Like it just, I don't know. Well, I wasn't too excited by the overall event. What about yourself? Yeah, we'll get to Finau in a second, but uh, uh, what a win by Michael Thompson. I like it when guys like that win because, you know, they've been grinding their whole careers and just to have that type of job security. And you could see it with the emotion that he put out uh, with the interview afterwards. Uh, that, sh- that bunker shot on 16 was incredible. I mean, uh, to hit that shot when the pressure's on, I mean, basically it's one of the hardest shots in golf, a 40-yard bunker shot with the water right behind you. You know, just a, a little bit too much club on the ball, and that goes straight in the water, and his chances are over. If he if he chunks it, he's got a 100-foot putt. You know, I mean, it, it was it – was, uh, that was a hell of a shot by him. Um, you know, and it was good for him for getting that, getting that job security, a couple more years on tour, grinding. If you know his story, he actually just adopted a kid uh, a few months ago. Uh, so his family's grown a little bit, a little bit more. And uh, he talks, there was an article about that adoption. Um, I forgot who wrote it. Uh, but I mean, it's a really good story uh, for him. So kudos to him for winning that tournament. What a great win. Uh, you know, getting to Finau. Yeah, well, first off, I didn't realize his name was Milton. That, that, that sort of cracks me up. Finau's real name is Milton Finau. I guess he goes by Tony because the last, you know, 
part of his, the part of his name is T O N, but I had never known that, and I just, I just thought that was hilarious. It cracked me up. Uh, but uh, I I don't know what to say about him. So if uh, there was a stat, I think Justin Ray posted it, uh, talking about he has the third most uh, top threes going into the final round, being in third place or better, going into the final round behind. Justin Thomas and Roy McElroy, and I think J- it's since 2019. And JT and Rory, uh, you know, have like five or six wins combined in that time. And, of course, Finau has none. I mean, this thing with Finau Sundays is getting sort of ridiculous. We've seen it on back-to-back weeks now. Who knows? You might even see it this week. I mean, it, it seems like it's mental for him now, you know. When he gets into that Sunday crunch, uh, he just sort of fades, and he doesn't get to where he needs to be. I mean, like, that drive on 18 was horrible. I mean, if he eagled that, like what he did with uh, with um, uh, Bryson and Wolf last year at this tournament where, you know, the, the, that whole setup to be eagled, I mean, he just, you know, hits his drive way left and, you know, doesn't even get a chance. And it wouldn't have mattered anyway because Michael Thompson, he ended up making that putt for birdie on uh, 18. But still, I mean, just – it's something about it. It's just, it's not good. And it's not like he's getting younger. I think he's in his upper twenties. He's getting close to 30. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's not a great sign for him uh, to get this. And I guess maybe that Puerto Rico course is real. Um, other people that played well, Warinsky was up there. Of course, he was one of my cash game cornerstones last week. Probably the only thing I got right. Uh, you know, I had him, uh, what's been saving me recently uh, with the four play that I've been doing in DFS here recently uh, is the betting. And uh, he was my favorite bet of the week in my article. Um, I had him at uh, top 20 at plus 300. So the thing is like, I've won money, what five of seven weeks uh, betting, which is pretty damn good. You know, you don't really see too many, you know, especially with the bets that I make. I mean, it's basically like, five or six outrights and then one top 20 bet. Uh, and, and the top 20s have been hitting. And of course I had Ron last week. Uh, so at least that part of my, you know, my focus is doing well, but man, DFS wise, it, it's been crushing me. Wierenski was really the only good. I did have Homa as my favorite AK play. Uh, and, and he really hurt me with that Miss Birdie putt on 17. Uh, you know, he had an eight foot and pushed it. And you had that perfect camera angle and you could see the club definitely pushed it. Uh, if he made that, he definitely would have put Michael Thompson in a little bit more pressure. Um, but, you know, oh, well, still a good finish by him. I sort of saw that coming the way he's been playing, even though he's been missing cuts on the number. Uh, uh, how did you do last week? Oh, it wasn't the best week for me. I think it's, like you say, look at the the board. It was, you know, Thompson, Long, Grillo, who I normally play and didn't, you know, Howell, Finau. The, the big thing for this week was all to do with roster construction. And, you know, that's why you saw, I just went through the review show on Rotogrind is the lineups all had to have basically Finau or Finau and Wolf or Finau in English because Finau was the only one from the 10K range and up. And then the only other two guys from 9K and up that made it was Wolf in English. So uh, for the fact that most people spend all of their money each week with the salary cap, you basically, if you had anything to do with Fleetwood, Henley, Glover, you know, Casey, all these other dudes that people were on, myself included, you were pretty much in a tough scenario on a week where there's going to be scoring and you, you need the six out of six. So uh, like you said, the, the thing, we're just kicking back for two seconds though with Milton, right? Milton Poa is his name. His middle name's Poa. He, um, you know, a better Justin Ray stat to me and it stood out and back to the mental factor was just one of five. He's one of five players with 30 or more top tens on the PGA tour since 2016, 17. The other four are JT, Rory, DJ, and Rom. They have combined to win 29 times in that same Jesus, span. Jesus. So and he has none. That, and, and I was talking God. to him. Oh, he has one. Night. One, yeah. Yeah, and, and I was talking to him. And it has to be mental because I'll tell you what. As soon as he is in the green on 18 and he knows it's over, like he can't even – even if he eagles the hole, it's not good enough, basically. He plants it to like five feet. He goes right over the water and pulls the Bryson of last year, but it's because it means nothing now. It's for whatever, the money. But at this point, like you said, he's 30, about to turn 31. He's had his chances. He keeps getting there. I love the guy. I got a, I got a female problem. I'm going to keep going back. I'll talk about him for this event. Talk about betting him even. I don't care. I, you know, there's an interesting factor this week is that his brother is getting on the bag with him, right? I forget his name, like the Gupper or the Gipper the or something Gipper. like that. The Gipper, the Gipper. yeah. Yeah, so he, they've got some history going back to Vegas back in the day and all that. So I just think the comfortability level, and even with his coach on there, it wasn't like it was anything bad. He, he, man, he had a chance to win. He burned a bunch of edges again down the stretch like again it just still feels like it and I saw 
I think it was Rick posted, Rick Gaiman, about the stats as far as, you know, his round-by-round scoring. And his is by far the worst on Sundays. And I get it. Look, Sundays are tough. The pin placements are tough. Look back to Memorial. I mean, that stuff will affect it. But it's drastically downward spiral for him, right? Coming out of the gates hot, getting it done, and then Saturday, Sunday, trickle away. So I hope he fixes it, man. I seriously love it. I think it's awesome watching him play. He's so in control of his game. There's so much more time. It's not like we're, you know, writing off Tony Finau here. The point is just it's a lot when you continuously see it happen, almost like Ricky in the majors, right, where you continuously see it and it just never seems to happen, but they they keep having their chances. I just haven't seen one out of him lately where it's like someone ripped it away. It's always him, right, versus like going back to my Ricky point is, you know, when Ricky at the the – um, the Masters, when Reed won, Ricky basically did his job down the stretch, put it to 18 to 15 feet, made that birdie on top of everything. And then Reed, you know, went two feet from the water, hit the pin. Like there was all kinds of shit that could have went did the other way. But Fina, but Fowler did his thing. I haven't seen Fina do his thing. I keep seeing it being slightly given away. So it's not to beat up on him. It's just something we're talking about as it just happened again. As far as the rest of it went, man, like good to see Homa bounce back. We kind of, you know, expected that to happen guys up there that just trickled away on Sunday that we liked a little bit, you know, Gooch, Fratelli, all, all these types that you see getting near the top of the board and then fade away. And then it was just a, a throwback, right? You had Charles Schwartzel, you had, you know, Alexander Norin, Charles Howell, guys that normally are top, te- top 10, top 15 guys, maybe even top 20. And, and they're all getting it done. Same with Grillo up there. So it, it was a, you know, like I said, it wasn't my favorite event, but it's you use what you get when you have that. And like I said, very happy to have golf back. Love seeing Michael Thompson win as a grinder. Love the emotion with everything that was going on with him and his family. And man, he was in complete control of his game. So segueing a little bit to this week, once we get through the listening league and whatnot, it will be interesting to see what people do with him to go back to him because he's got to be fired up. Like you say, you saw him win uh, Ryan Palmer. I know it was a, a dual event with him and Rom, but once he got that security freed up a little bit with the win with Rom at the Zurich, he started playing so much better. And I wonder if this is just a carryover where he just keeps that momentum rolling and nobody likes to go back to a guy like Michael Thompson the following week, especially in a tough field that we're about to get into. Yeah, I mean, we also saw Brendan Todd earlier this year. Uh, you know, once you get that earlier this season, I mean, once you get that victory and that security where you know you're going to be playing for at least two more years and with no problem, you don't even have to, you know, be in the top 125 anymore. <laughs> you know, you're already in. Um, I mean, that that has to relieve a lot of pressure from a golfer's shoulder and makes him swing freely and makes him play more free. It's definitely something to think about when we get into this week. And uh, another little tidbit, I mean, Micah Thompson did say that his favorite course in the world is Wingfoot, uh, which is going to be hosting a major here shortly. So uh, we'll see how that goes. All right, so uh, let's talk about the Listener League this week. The winner this week was Burnt, Ren- Burnt Reynolds. Uh, with a little skeleton mask avatar out there, I sort of like that name. Uh, if the if the uh, the avatar had a mustache on there and like a cowboy hat or something, that would be really really cool. But it doesn't. But it, Burnt Reynolds, his uh, his his roster construction. He had Tony Finau finished in third place, uh, was twenty five point two percent owned. Matt Wolf who finished in twelfth place, fourteen point eight percent owned. Max Homa, uh, nice. He was almost twenty percent owned, which is good. Good, good by the Degen Nation there. Uh, finished in third place as well. Rafa Caparo Bayo, two percent uh, owned. Finished in thirty second. Uh, Mateus Schwab, who you know somebody I'm looking at this week. What a tee to green game he had. I think he gained eleven strokes tee to green this week, uh, and then uh, this past week, but lost like seven strokes putting. Uh, he finished thirty second. Uh, at 5.8% owned, and Cam Davis, who's another guy, uh, along with Nick Watney, who we both like, or I like Watney, I know you like Cam uh, last week, who did play pretty well. Uh, so we did have some decent things going for us last week, even though the top of the board was just a shit show. Uh, Cam Davis finished 12th. Uh, he was 90% owned, which is solid. And 90% owned for a guy in a, in a listener league who I think has missed like four or five cuts in a row. So so good on DJ Nation on that. Uh, what would you think of the lineup, Tambo? Yeah, I really liked it, actually. The overall, you know, solid build. I always talk about it, but he's got his couple guys, Fino and Homa, who are up there in that 20% plus range. If you round up Homa, uh, Fino being at 25. Then he has, you know, Wolf, 14.9, call it 15. With Davis, 9.2, call it 10. You got those two mid-range. And they made sure he had a couple guys 
down below that 10% range with RCB and Schwab. Definitely talk about Matthias Schwab later. Like you say, pretty uh, polarizing with the ball striking versus the putter. That's interesting. So he's in the Barracuda field, which we'll make mention of this week because when we get to one and done and betting, I mean, betting, it's a fun field. They don't have it figured out between Stableford versus DraftKings yet. It's been years of us thinking that's a great idea. Now that DraftKings is involved, hopefully they do change that. In the future, I know some want to hang on to that Stableford scoring. I get it. But at the same time, it would be perfect to be the DraftKings Championship or DraftKings Open. Make, could make it a live event annually or something like that because it would be getting later in the year of a normal season and not just based on the restart where we're at. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk about him. Cam Davis, even with the, you know, everyone was worried about the chalk of a $6,500 guy, just seemed so underpriced. And I guess it just goes to show the way you, you build your lineup obviously changes everything and makes a big difference. Uh, you know, for me, I can tell you I had lineups almost identical to this. But if you take, if you add $400 to Wolf, that gets you to 10.1K Casey, who missed the cut. And if you subtract the $400 on the 2v2 to Finau, it gets you to Fleetwood, who I loved. And there was my Fleetwood Casey special mixed throughout these guys, whether it was Gooch instead of Schwab and someone instead of RCB. So overall, fantastic job to Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Shout out to Desanyes in second. He, he gave us a shout out on Twitter. I'll give him a little bit of a, a, a poke, but I'll just say that he said that, you know, the, the PME is better than ours. I know it's no rake, so that's definitely better. I plan it every week. It's a fantastic tournament. It's Pat definitely Jeff, better. No rake. There are boys. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. better, for sure. Yeah, there are boys. No rake. But I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Someone called him out and said, that, hey, you actually won more on the FGD contest than you did on the other, and you put in less money. So how is it better? And he's like, yeah, well, you know, isn't what's the saying? All publicity is good publicity? And for sure it is. So thank you to Desanyes for the shout-out. Happy for you in second as well. Burnt Reynolds has been added to the Listener League final for the end of the end of the season, and we will see him in the three-man this week. Congrats to him. All right, so let's talk about this week. The best golfers in the world head to Memphis, Tennessee for the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational from TPC Southwind. As the name of the tournament suggests, it is an invite-only tournament with seven, eight golfers in the field, and it is sort of funny since the uh, – uh, last year, it was right after the Open Championship. There's only 63 golfers in the field. So it does make a little bit of a difference. You're, you're adding about 20% more golfers uh, this year than compared to last. Uh, there is no cut, so all golfers should play all four rounds unless you see carnage like a few years ago when this event was played at Firestone. Uh, a few popular golfers would view mid-tournament or if, in Daniel Berger's case, after his first tee shot. Uh, as with most no-cut events, the strategy for fantasy golf changes a bit. Par-making cut makers should probably be avoided, and golfers who are erratic with their overall scoring but can make birdies and bunches should be embraced. We saw that sort of last week with Brian Harmon, who was like 10th or 12th in scoring but finished like I think 40th or something yeah. overall. Like his card, the first like 10 holes was ridiculous. He was four under but didn't have a single par for like 11 straight holes. The guy was just birdie, bogey, birdie, bogey. And, you know, the birdies are like 3.5 points or something like that on DraftKings. The bogeys are like, what, minus 0.5 or minus 1. So, I mean, that's the type of guy you need uh, in these type of events. Uh, elite golfers, a.k.a. major winners, have dominated WGC stroke play events recently. Xander Schauffele and Russell Knox are the only non-major winners to win a WGC stroke play event the last six years. And I actually stole that from uh, Martin. Uh, AKA at Sundog Monkey on Twitter. And I thought that was a pretty interesting stat. So, I mean, definitely uh, the cream rises to the top in this event, uh, especially when it comes to the winners when you go to the batting market. Uh, now, TPC Southwind is a 7,239-yard par 70 course with four par threes and two reachable par fives. This course is routinely one of the 15 most difficult courses on tour. The back nine is especially rough as the par 5 16th is the only hole that plays under par. The par 3 14th hole is always in the mix for the most difficult par 3 on tour, and the final two holes are incredibly hard as well. On average, there are over 200 bogeys or worse on the final two holes every time this tournament comes to town. So if you got a guy in the lead going into those last couple of holes, it's definitely not a lot. Uh, now, off the tee, golfers will face narrow zoysia grass fairways that are very difficult to hit. If golfers miss the fairways, which they will, uh, they will have to deal with some trees, bunkers, and a good amount of water. Now, speaking of water, even though it's only on play in about like 10 holes, more balls have found the water here at TPC Southwind than any other course on tour since 2003. Sawgrass is the next closest, and it still has about 1,400 less water balls than Southwind has had. 
Now, luckily, the rough is usually not too tall, though last year it was a bit up compared to when this wasn't a WGC event. Still, it wasn't crazy. So both supremely accurate golfers and golfers who hit it in a mile but don't miss too wildly will have a slight advantage here. On approach shots, golfers will see smaller than average greens with bunkers and water surrounding them. There are a lot of long par fours on this course, and nearly half of all approach shots come from the 150 to 200-yard range. So finding good golfers uh, golfers with good mid-iron games will be important and good short games because you're going to miss some of these greens. Uh, the greens are tough to hit undulating they're Bermuda champion bermuda and are firm and quick with a stint meter rating of more than 12. weather can also play a factor as it's usually very hot and humid in memphis this time of year and many storms can just pop up out of nowhere as of now it looks like the weather could be something to pay attention to uh with the, with this being about a 50 percent chance of rain in the forecast thursday and friday and it could be some slightly windy conditions this week as well tambo what are you looking for in golfers this week yeah, some of the stuff you mentioned, right? The fairways are premium. You know, scrambling is one that, uh, you know, you don't hear as much about. You'll see it here and there. People are mentioning it. But, of course, if you're not hitting these greens, it's going to be guys that you want. So, if you're going to take the ball strikers, let's, get, you know, use a guy like Corey Connors. And he's hitting the greens. It's going to be a great week for him. If he's not, it could be a very bad week for him. So, uh, you know, the good news, like you talked about, is a no-cut event. So, smaller field, but, you know, larger than normal. 78 is still a good size, but not too crazy, but you know, there's going to be swings in that leaderboard. So I'm looking at a few things this week besides just stats. A couple of them are, you know, overall roster construction. We saw this type of pricing very recently and the three nine K guy route was very popular and took down almost zero tournaments, right? Basically you had to have two nine K guys or one 10 K guy with a nine K guy and then mix it up in between the eight K range went severely overlooked. We'll get into that here. So, you know, roster construction is going to be a big thing for me. You can leave some money on the table, because it is going to be a little bit more congested with the field being smaller. And then also uh, back to my normal strategy, but it worked a couple of weeks ago at Memorial. I, you know, I was right in the mix for the, the hundred dollar stinger ended up finishing fourth. That was a close call for me, but these weeks are the weeks I tend to do better on because I'm going to stick to that longer term play that longer term form, you know, just guys that I think personally from some knowledge and statistics all across the board that you just have that feel for as far as who's better in that spot. And then you've got to look at things like ownership as it relates to that, because you'll see a lot of those plays as we go down the board. And I typically find that's how it weighs out. So, you know, we'll get into it right away. I guess here, Kenny, you want me to start first at the top? What do we oh, got? Yeah, my friend, we got, yeah, we got uh, Can what? Cantley all the way to Rom. Yeah. Cantley up to Rom. I'm going to do my thing here as I just mentioned. So I'm going to stick with my three guys that I'm always on. And I preach it since the start of the year, Rom, Rory, JT. Those are, I know Bryson's there. I like Cantley, but I, I, those are the three best in the world to me. And Bryson's doing his thing right now. But again, all-around golfer, all-around ability, all-around everything, I'll still wait on it. I don't want to just jump on the train because everybody else is. I think it's a train that's taken off, but I don't know if it's going to hurt me too bad here when you have guys that, you know, it's not like I'm pivoting to poor guys. You know, it's Rom, McElroy, and JT. Uh, you know, Cantlay is just a bit pricey for me when you've got guys below him that I like. So those would be my three here, Kenny. What are you doing up at the top? Well, first off, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to play Bryson. I, the thing is, like, after – what I saw with that 10 that he had, like mentally, like, can he really come back from that? Like, I, I don't understand what he was thinking when he was doing that. Like, you know what I'm saying? It, was it because of the comments he kept had? Was it something else? I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, of course, you can just come back and forget about it. I mean, golfers do that all the time. But, I mean, I, I just can't rely on Bryson this week. I'm going to go my first cash game cornerstone. I usually don't go this high up in price, but I want – one of the three guys that you're talking about in my cash lineup this week, because I'm right with you when it comes to this top range. I'm going Justin Thomas because he is the cheapest, but he actually ranks number one in my model in long-term. And I'm going a little bit long-term when it comes to these guys up here, like you are, like you talked about earlier uh, in the podcast. So, you know, when it comes to the approach game, he is the best by a lot uh, in this, in this um, top range in the last 50 rounds, 50 plus rounds. I mean, he's incredibly good with his irons. Tee to green, he's solid, you know, and he's really good on par fours. You have to get a lot of your scoring on par fours since there are going to be, what, 12 of them uh, this week with only two par fives. So, you know, he's the best there. He avoids bogeys really good from 150 to 175. He's been really strong around the greens as well. Really good from 175 to 200. You're looking at more than 50% of approach shots from 150 to 200 yards. And he's spectacular in that range. So I'm going Justin Thomas as my first cash game cornerstone at 10,700. I think I'm only going to play one of Rom and Rory. 
Uh, I'm not completely sure which one. Uh, it's a toss-up. I'm probably leaning slightly towards Rom right now uh, just because of the way he played at Memorial. Another tough test, and this is not going to be an easy course once again. So uh, I'm leaning Rom, but we'll see where that ownership goes. And if, if Rory is going to be a lot lower owned than John Rom, I might shift there because, you know, they're neck and neck to me. Uh, let's go to this 9K range. And I'll go with my second cash game cornerstone. Not a major winner, but he's one of the guys that has won a WGC event, like I said, uh, without a major. And it's going to be Xander Shoffley. This guy just comes in and no-cut Shoffley. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't fade Xander uh, in these no-cut events. And, you know, you've seen him struggle a bit the first couple of days. But on the weekends, he's been sort of a warrior here the last couple of times. Again, third in bogey avoidance in the last 50 rounds in this field. Good par four. Uh, good from, you know. Um, from um, uh, good tee to green, you know he does all the things well. No cut event, you'll get him all four rounds, so he can he might be able to struggle a, a, a round or two, but he'll get those birdies. You know what I'm saying? He'll get those birdies. He'll get that score for you, and that's what we're looking for uh, this week. The other two guys I do like in this range are up top. It's going to be Webb, uh, you know Simpson, another guy good off the tee. He's he's accurate. You've seen the way he's played. The last couple of years, he can compete with these big boys up here, you know, top five in the world now. Um, you know, so I, I definitely like Webb. And I'm going Hatton uh, at 9,700. The form is just incredible. Uh, and, you know, again, another guy who doesn't really get too many big numbers out there. The second best par four player in the last 50 rounds in this field behind Justin Thomas. So I like those three guys up top with Xander being my second cash game cornerstone. Who do you like? I'm interested to see who you got at the bottom, but we'll save that. I, I'm with you on a couple of them. So X, chalk or not, I'm on them. Like you said, the, the, just the scoring format of where we're at. And you'd look back to Memorial when everyone wrote him off at plus eight, day one, and then he shoots back the T13. The only way to get there is to score. So he definitely did that. And on the last day, he really went off with like, you know, seven birdies and an eagle or something, or, or not that, but it was on Saturday, I think, that uh, he bounced back huge. And then it just you know, uh, went from there. And then you look how he finished with T13. So uh, I like him in this type of format, no matter what, I know he'll be heavily owned. You already mentioned the pivot options around him are Webb, second place here last year. One of the better players in the world, uh, you know, Hatton, who I don't think anyone will play. So if you want to get off sort of the course history, the chalk in Berger, you can play a guy like Hatton, who's just been incredible and people always underrate him. And it's like you said, a perfect spot for him. And, and the price is just a little bit higher. But I think with that said, you'll be paying up for probability in the sense that you'll get them at lower ownership because of the price, right? You, you got to pay up a little bit for them, but in that form, you'll get less ownership. And in a tournament like this, it becomes extremely important based on the fact that there's much less guys to use. And if it gets congested on a guy like Berger, then you're in a tough spot. Now, here's where it gets interesting to me. 9,500 down to 9K. We got Morikawa, Hovland, sort of in their own right. You know, you're, you're two of your three young guns. We'll get to Wolf later. Then you got DJ Brooks, the Bash Brothers, who can't figure it out the last couple events. Finau, who we just spent you know, ample time on in the beginning, and Fitzpatrick, who is another guy like Hatton, another, and happens to be another Englishman, who also is what people would say is price too high. People really don't like his 35-to-1 number on the week, but played some great golf recently. You know, and just We talked about since he came back from the break how excited he was to make sure he got quarantined, to make sure he could be at all these events because he was ready to go. Uh, had a little bit of love there with bones on the bag last time out, so that was nice to see and had a good result for him, but I think you know, he, he's a guy that could go overlooked. So I'll start at the bottom, go up. You know, I like Fitzpatrick. Definitely like Finau. Uh, just back to him because, like I said, the, the narrative, a little bit of the brother, but also the fact is look how he's finishing and now you get this price drop. You know, 10-9 down to 9,100 is obvious because the field strength, that makes sense. But it's not just last event that he played well. He's been playing great golf. So uh, the one funny part about us, you know, hitting him up on his mental game is that I really don't think it's affected him mentally to be able to continue to play good. It just comes down to the closing gene. Can he close a tournament and win? Much like we talk about with, you know, JT pretty much doing everything he needs to, even banging that 50-footer home. And then the guy who I like the most in this range on that same note and, and a good topic to switch to here is Colin Morikawa. He's the one that closed out JT in that spot. So you got those types of guys are the guys I always want to play. I'm really heavy on Colin Morikawa here at 9,500. Upside, I think he's still, you know, I'm same as my story at the top where I was sticking with those three guys that I like all year. I'm sticking with Morikawa being the best of the three young guns, you know, and speaking of which too, I posted some golf trading cards, Kenny, that I found on, on the, on eBay. And I posted them on Twitter, found some cool cards in there, but I got into it a little bit with some memorabilia and some stuff. And I got a really cool card 
that's coming that I can't wait to show off. It's definitely a one out of one in the world. And when it gets in, I'll post it on Twitter. But I just, I think you'll love it. I think everyone will love it. I want to just show that off because I think it's a unique card that nobody else will have. I'm really getting into it. But here's what I want your takes, man. DJ and Brooks, both one or none. Where are you at? None. Here's the thing. I, if I'm going to play Webb, just from a roster construction standpoint, if I'm going to play Webb and I'm going to play Hat and I'm going to play JT and I'm going to play one of the guys above and then Xander being my cash game cornerstone, I really can't go down to this nine lower 9K range very much with too many guys. The one guy I probably will play is going to be Matthew Fitzpatrick on another tough course. We see him every time. It's a, it's a tough type course. He's the type of guy. Ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots? You Break Guy Fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At You Break Guy Fix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility, and from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, You Break I Fix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools? It's true. And it's also easy to visit YouBreakIFix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own You Break I Fix. He sort of comes to the forefront. He, he plays a lot better uh, in, in these type of events. So uh, I, I like him uh, a lot at 9K. He's probably the one guy I will play down in this lower range. But with Dustin Johnson and water, like I, I feel like, you like the most water balls ever in a course since 2003 after he hits in the water like 85 million times the last four rounds he's played three rounds because he withdrew I don't know if I can trust him uh, I, I we'll see if that really was a back issue for him last week and if it was then I mean probably not but you're going to get DJ at probably the lowest possible ownership you're going to get him almost ever this week so if you're the contrarian type guy he is your guy this week, I would have to say. Kepka, I have a little bit more faith in. Uh, he's going back to Bermuda, which is his best putting surface by far. Uh, and, and if I had room for him, uh, you know, and he wasn't that bad tee to green, even though he missed the cut on the number. Uh, I think he gained like 5.3 strokes uh, tee to green, uh, but he lost like a shit ton of strokes uh, putting. Uh, and, you know, but he's back on Bermuda. This is, uh, you know, he, this is where he's the best at. Uh, didn't he win here last year too? Yeah, I was just gonna say you're the, yeah. the elephant in the room, but he's the yeah. the defending champion. Yeah. Not only that, two years before that he came second. The year before that he came third. Yeah. So I mean, if I was gonna play somebody else, it's gonna be Fitz. I'll probably play Fitz if I was gonna play somebody else up here in the bottom nine k, which I probably won't be able to just because of the way I'm gonna be constructing my rosters. It would be kept. Yeah, and I'm the same. I'm on I'm on Kepkin there, but I think the one thing, like I said, I you know no secret here, but with having the ability to play more lineups, uh, and that's just the way I'm going to go about it. Is I'll I'll certainly have a lot of these guys. I just won't get as many shares as everybody else. And the idea is that, like I said, I will have to separate. I'm not going to go with the same strategy of the three nine k guys that I think a lot of we just named the whole range basically. And, and like I said, others will be on Burger. Others will be on DJ. The one thing I'll say on DJ, I get it, low ownership. I am the contrarian type. But the challenge I have is just, you know, it's it doesn't look like it's going to just go away. I know he's comfortable here himself. Uh, great player in the WGCs, et cetera, et cetera. But he reminds me almost like Bryson at the top. So if you want to be really contrarian, just make a Bryson DJ lineup. But I think that it's almost in a sense of, yes, he's great. Yes, him at low ownership seems like too good to be true. But it's that's just not always the case. You can make a case for it. But we see it too many times when there's this many guys around that are in form, playing great golf, with same or similar upside to what we've seen, you know, yes, DJ just won, but so did Colin Morikawa for 200 bucks more. The, you know, in my opinion, is just a fine play. And if people want to be off him and use DJ instead, by all means, go ahead. But I think, like you said, DJ will be lower owned, but I, I still like Brooks here for more reasons to all the points that you made on him. Go ahead to the AK range, Tabo. Yeah, so you kick it off the top. You know I got to love this play right out of the gate. If I won't play him, uh, there's a few plays like this in this range, actually. But yeah, Matsuyama, I, I don't like him anything more than 9,900 usually. And they've been teasing me lately, like at 10, one and 10. And I've been on them still. Maybe, like I said, with having the second baby here and everything like that, where I've been just overthinking it, but yeah, Matsuyama 8,900. I got to go back. I think it's a, 
the best price you'll see on him in a while. It's again, he's, he's always a hit or miss guy, but that's what you want in a field like this where the scoring matters most. And then the ability to have that upside and have that 63, 65 or something in one of those rounds. If he just has one of those Matsuyama days at 8,900, I'm in, um, I'll get to my fair play in a second Fleetwood. I got to have a little of, because in my opinion, like I said, I know the field changes drastically, but you drop him 1800 bucks. And I, I loved him last week. He had some jitters, man. It didn't work out, but coming back here now at 8,700, I'm fine going back to someone like him, playing him in this field. Reed would by far be my favorite play, though. Uh, you know, we talk about it all the time with just the, it's almost like he's underrated still, even though he's, you know, won the Masters. He wins all these other tournaments along the way. He's, he's got the upside. He's just a, a villain and people hate on him. But one thing I really like, and I talked about this for the Sunday round four showdown show a couple weeks ago, he was paired with JT. And if you remember back at the, president's cup when jt they're just messing around but jt said hey p reed p reed you know is this how it's done in the bunker and and then he grazes the sand and basically pulls the joke on p reed what does patrick reed do to him that sunday and goes out and destroys him and beats him by like four or five strokes now he's in the feature group with brooks kepka who doesn't it is what it is he did cheat but brooks kepka don't ain't scared to call it out just like he wasn't scared to call out brooks and we went through that rant but brooks kepka called out reed at point blank said he's a cheater you think that's not in Reed's mind? Reed wants to show him what's up. So that's just one narrative. You can take all the stats in the world. They all still line up. I, I love P. Reed, and we'll get the betting later. But Patrick Reed at 8,800, popular or not, you've got some pivots there that I mentioned. I'm not really into the, you know, Billy Horschel love based on the course history and, you know, a couple results here lately. I get it, but it wouldn't be for me. I play Abe Answer again at 8,400. We've liked him always. You know, I'm done with Fowler. I told you this last time. I don't care what. He's got to be 7,500, I think for me to get him back in my lineups again, can you sprinkle him or something? I guess I'm saying he wouldn't be my play in this range. Uh, you know, I'd play day actually before I'd play Fowler just on the recent form, mind you his back and all the conversation. Don't forget about him mentioning, you know, already planting the seeds with Amanda Baliona said, if he, all oh, my back is really ginger and you know, it could just be the way I bend down to a hole and get the ball. out. he basically does it where, it, you know, I'm not going to call the guy out, but it almost looks like acting where if he does have one of those holes like Bryson has with a 10 or something, he can just pull out and say, yeah, it's not for me anymore. So don't really trust him, but he always has that, you know, intrigue because of that. Speed, the birthday boy today, I'm not sure if he's going to have any of that birthday swag rolling through for the week, but I've been playing him in these tougher events, so I don't mind some shares on him versus not really having Day or Fowler. And then, you know, I'm, I'm indifferent on Sergio Garcia at the bottom. So if I had to rate it out, I would say the guys I'm on most, Matsuyama, Reed, Fleetwood, Answer, and maybe a little Speed. What about you? Uh, my third cash game cornerstone is going to be answer uh, this week. You know, the thing about him is he does again, another guy who tends to avoid the big number are uh, really good from like 150 to 175 and uh, is solid uh, top 10 in uh, strokes game par four in the last 50 rounds. So Abe is going to be my third cash game cornerstone this week. And I like the two guys up top, just like you. I think Hideki works out well. Hideki is first in strokes gain around the green and there's going to, you're going to need some good chipping. Uh, in this because you're not going to hit every green. Um, and he is the best in the field in the last 50 rounds. So I do like Hideki and I like Reed as well uh, with all the stuff you said. We don't have to go over that again, but he's been really, really solid. Again, another solid Parth four player, a good uh, around the green as well. And Jason Day, I will play Day. The, the, the form looks like it's coming back again. It's always the risk uh, playing him. Uh, you know, if, if, you, if, you, if he withdraws, you're sort of screwed because everyone gets four rounds. Uh, but I, I'm going to take a little bit of that risk with Jason Day. All right, so let's move to the 7K round. I'm going to let you start because I struggled, uh, especially in this top 7K range. I'm not really sure. Uh, I, I was thinking about Casey, but I want to hear what you got in the 7K round, in the upper 7K range. Yeah, the thing about Casey is is a situation much like above with Fleetwood, where now he's 7,800. I don't think he did anything drastically wrong. The reason we were on him last week at 10-1, and I'm not saying you or me or anybody, like I was definitely on him, but I'm talking all kinds of people were, was because if you think about it, it was one hole that destroyed his week the week before, right? He had that ridiculous hole, struggled mightily, and ended up with like an eight on a three or four, whatever it was uh, around the bunker there. So it happens. And then we went back to him. And now, you know, again, I get why these prices are dropping. It's not my first rodeo. It's not the same strength of field. Last week was nobody in the field. This is a stacked field. But it's still the same guy is now 7,800. And if you loved him as, you know, a first in or second in last week, just because of the strength of field, maybe that's why that's for you. I'll always go back at 7,800 the following week, just because I, I still like the ability for him and he can score and get it going, right? It just, you know, people, it'll always come down to be, 
you know, the new term, the Casey slappies and is he making the putts? Right. But if he does, that's really going to tilt some people. So I, I don't mind that. Uh, Leishman for that around the green game, the ability, the upside, same thing. Don't mind him. The, the area I struggle is this next area. Stenson, M, Na, Neiman. This is where I'm saying. So I like Na. I always like him at sort of this price. And again, coming back from that, M, I don't know, man. He just hasn't had it late. So I'd probably play Na over M as sort of a pivot in there. I always like Poulter. He's been doing it for me and has that around the green game, has the upside, can score, all those factors. And then coming down to the bottom, Hisner right at 7K. Michael Thompson, who I mentioned at the beginning, just to be contrarian, coming off the win. Most people don't like to play him, but it's not like, you know, he's 7,000. So you, you can still use him just fine. And he looked like he had complete control of his game. So if the course is a bit tougher, I think, you know, that bunker shot is just one shot that everyone got to see. But if you watched all day Saturday, you know, I use all that stuff, watch everything I see on Saturday for my round four showdown show over on Roto Grinders. And, you know, he was in, that's the exact words I use, in complete control of his game. It translated to Sunday and paid off. I mean, hell, he even knocked down the birdie on 18 that nobody could make to get to 17 when everyone thought 17 might be the number that long had got to everyone kept sliding it by sliding it by. And then he makes it. And just to put the emphasis on take down the week. So don't mind him. And then I guess Homa just for the upside, listen to the podcast he does with Shane Bacon this morning, get a grip or whatever it's called. Uh, Really cool to hear, man. Like I, you know, I, I know he roasts guys. You got him to roast your swing even on Twitter. That's kind of fun. He said he's back on Twitter now. That's something else, but he basically records the podcast the evening after the round. And he was already talking about it down the stretch and just a lot of stuff to do with mental game and thoughts. And I really thought it related, you know, I always take things and try and relate them to my passion, which is daily fantasy sports. And, you know, it really hit home with me on some of that stuff. And just, you know, you're allowed to be mad or angry, but, or frustrated, but you don't want to be negative. Don't, you know, why, why are you telling yourself you suck if you know you won tournaments before, or you know, you have that ability to play with the big boys or girls on the field. You know what I mean? You, you want to, Make sure you're putting yourself in the position and you can't get down on yourself over that stuff. So I think a little bit of motivation factor. Uh, but again, we don't need to talk. I'm talking about a lot of narratives here today, but he has the stats. Look at his numbers. There was a reason he finished T3. We were already on him, chasing him from the previous weeks where he had his ball striking and just couldn't get it going. Again, you need a little bit more of that around the green game here. So it could be almost like a Corey Connors play. But at the same time, I really like him for his upside and scoring ability. And to me, he's a safer play at 7,200. Yeah, I think the upside for Homa is is one of the reasons why I like him this week. I think he's good for cash as well. He's not one of my cornerstones, but uh, I think, you know, you're going to need someone, if, especially if you use my cornerstones this week, you're going to need some people down here in this lower 7K range, and I do like him uh, for that, but just because his iron game has been really good. He's been playing sort of easier courses, but he has been avoiding bogeys, and, and it's sort of technically you, you got to pay attention to the courses that he has been playing. Uh, but, you know, and the thing is, like, you know, last week in Detroit, there were a lot of big numbers, uh, I, a lot more than there were the year before. I, I don't know what happened or what was different. I guess it was a little bit windier, uh, and there was a lot more water balls. I think uh, the first round had 40 more water balls in the first round the year before. Uh, but, uh, you know, home is there. Uh, he's, he's been really good on uh, par fours, and he's been really good with his uh, mid, uh, mid-irons. You know, from like 175 to 200. And that's something you're going to have to pay attention to this week. I'm going to play Casey uh, up top. I am going to play, I am going to play him again. Uh, we'll see if it burns me again. But like you said, uh, at that price, I think it, it's worth it just because his iron game is so strong. Again, another guy with good mid-iron play and he avoids bogeys. Um, other guys, I do like Kisner down here below. Um, if I'm not, you know, I, just the way Kisner's game is where he hits a lot of fairways. Uh, especially if the rough is up. We'll see how high it's going to be again this year. It was a little bit more last year than it was when it was the um, when it wasn't a WGC event. So, you know, hitting more fairways is going to be important. Uh, and he's been really good on the par fours, especially longer par fours, which is something to be said for a guy who isn't that long. Uh, I think he's 13th in the field uh, in the last 24 rounds. So basically since the restart uh, from 450 to 500 yards in this field, he's 13. So uh, I like Kisner as well uh, in this range. So let's go down to this 6K range. And I'll do my last cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Mr. Ches Levy, who has fairly good history at this course back when it wasn't a uh, WGC event. He has played well. Uh, Again, another guy who doesn't hit it long, 
but he's been hit playing the longer par fours pretty damn well. Uh, you know, I think he's eighth in the field in the last 12 rounds from 450 to 500 yards. A uh, really good par four score, top 10 in strokes game, par four in the last 12 rounds. Avoids the bogeys, avoids the big number, uh, and good from 150 to 175, which is something you're going to look at. And he's good around the green. I think he's 12th in the field in strokes game around the green in the last 12 rounds. So he's been there, top 20 in strokes game T to green. Uh, for a guy at 6,700 in the last 12 rounds. So I like Reedy as my final cash game cornerstone. So my four cash game cornerstones this week, Justin Thomas at 10,700, Xander Schauffele at 9,800, Abe Anser at 8,400, Ches Reedy at 6,700. This is going to leave you about 14,500, which is a little bit less uh, than what I normally do. But I want those, those, those big dogs up top. Uh, so that's just the way it's going to have to be this week. So those are my four cash game cornerstones. Other guys that I do like in this range, I do like Matt Wallace, who played well last uh, the last time out. A lot of it had to do with putting, but we'll see how that goes uh, because the game has been there, and he's really, really good around the greens. Uh, so I, I like Matt Wallace. Uh, other guys, uh, I'm going to give Snedeker uh, another try, probably down here. I mean, what is he, like 6,400, 6,300? I mean, for that cheap for a guy – uh, really, really good second in strokes getting around the green in the last 50 rounds, top 20 in bogey avoidance, top five in long par fours, you know, in the last 50 rounds. So going back to some long-term stats. So I like Snedeker uh, in here. And I'll probably play um, – who else do I got? You go on and I'll, I'll go over uh, who else I got. Yeah, the Snedeker call is interesting, but you know who else is pretty good around the green, makes some birdies, and a no-cut event suits just perfectly is lefty. Phil, Philip. Philip, Philip, Philip Mickelson. You got her, buddy. And that's the guy. And if you look, it's interesting. He's like the one that I'd be more interested. I'm not really high on the, you know, the burger or the, uh, you know, who's the other course history guy, Horschel, as much as a guy like Phil, who, you know, his results, eight, 2018, ninth, 2017, second, then it goes third, 11th, second consecutively. So, I mean, he knows how to get around this course. He's got the around the green game. He'll know the backstops and different things that you got to use. Hasn't been playing the Best golf, but, you know, you want them in this type of format, and you want them well, at that kind of price. 6,600, too. I mean, you know. I think it's a great GPP play. Yeah, you know, I think that one stands his, out. Yeah. He can make birdies. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, so a little, little lefty love there from me. You know, I love your review call. We'll get to him, but you just said everything about him already, I think, and, and just, you know, the idea of coming back in this course and his, how he's been playing, all that stuff. There is some interesting ones in there. You know, Bazudenhout, Christian Bazudenhout, is a guy that, you know, gets played – very sparse, like not, not much amongst people's lineups, right? Very sparse distrib- distribution amongst people's lineups. But he does have the ability and the around the green game, and he's sort of bringing over that uh, ranking stuff that people want to use last week. It worked for Schwab and for Weisberger. So I think if you use Bazudenhout at 6,800, he'd be an interesting play. Ryan Palmer, who I mentioned at the top, pretty much in control of his game right now. Looks like it, so can go back to him. And then you get into some interesting ones because you got EVR, who's the same situation. Everyone was just on him. He burned them. I don't like that he's bad around the greens, but if you think that, you know, you were just going to play him last week from the ball striking of one or two rounds a week before, I, I don't know. I don't really love that one as much. Uh, the other interesting ones for me were actually Brendan Todd and uh, Benny Ann, right? They're, they're also quite low for the upside and the capability. So don't mind them. And then other than that, you're just throwing darts down here. You know, Tyler Duncan, Joel Damon, if you can forget the last couple times he played normally, is pretty good in, in this type of format. But, you know, other than that, not too much for me, Kenny, down here. What else did you have? A couple of other guys. I do like Brendan Todd. Uh, again, I mean, a two-time winner on tour this season. Uh, I'm definitely going with him. And he's, you know, top 15 in both um, bogey avoidance in the last 50 rounds and, and uh, strokes gained par four in the 50 rounds. Those are going to be two pretty important stats uh, that I'm looking at this this week. So I do like Brendan Todd. And I'll probably throw a little bit of Shane Lowry in there with that good short game and the bogey avoidance with him as well you know he won a major basically a year ago last week so uh, you know you know that he can win uh especially at tough courses so so is and the win picks up and it's probably even an extra bonus for mr shane lowry the open champion uh so those are those are a couple more guys i do like in this 60k range anybody we miss cambo uh i like your lowry call there just looking at a couple more you know tom lewis stood out for people last week and, and had himself a pretty good week so he's down at 6200 think that would be a good play or, or a fair play down there. And then I mentioned Duncan already. So it's, it's really, I mean, Weisberg is there again, do you, what we just talked about, but it's more of, you know, Hughes last time out could be a sneaky play. You can name a bunch Ooh, of them. I think the I do like what, Mackenzie Hughes. Yeah. Of course you see Mackenzie do pretty well. You saw what he did at Honda, lots of water, pretty hard course. He was there. We saw him live 
Uh, we yeah. actually met his mother. Uh, you know, with his mom right there. I remember yeah, he was Feinberg, up on the side. Yeah, yeah Feinberg definitely talked about his mother. I talked to his mother uh, out there when we were there. So I like Matt Hughes, your Canadian brethren. Uh, I can play a little bit of him. As well, yeah, I'll get so. down with that. that that's yeah. a good call. I think one thing I'm noticing, just another point, just to stand out to me, you know, I, I looked previously, but you know, one other comment I would want to make would be that just look how many guys are in this range that, you know, don't just play your guys. Even last week when everyone expected Cam Davis to be like 10% and said, Oh, I can't play a 10% owned $6,500 Cam Davis. You could, you actually, I think he was in most of the optimals or at least up there for many of the winning lineups that I reviewed today. So you can play whoever you want if, if you want, but I'm just saying more so, down here, don't be afraid to just disperse it out a little bit and mix and match or go the complete opposite route. If you have a, a high risk reward appetite and you want to take a little bit more risk, pick three or four and just take your stance, right? I kind of like a few of the guys you mentioned, so I'll be happier to mix it out and mix it around. What about bets, Kenny? Lot, lots of bets this week, right? We got, we got to have lots of bets. Barracuda, we don't get any DK for, so uh, I know I got lots of bets. What do you got for bets? All right, so I do have some Barracuda bets, but I really didn't look too much in it. So I was just throwing names out of guys that I sort of like with their number next to them. But we'll start. We'll start with the WGC event first off. I'm going Justin Thomas at twelve to one uh, this week. We've already talked about that. I'm going Xander uh, at twenty to one. Uh, Hatton twenty eight to one. Answer fifty to one. And my one long shot will be Wallace at a hundred to one this week. All right, I'm a little bit different, and then we'll flip back to Cuda. I got X with you. I'm pretty much sticking in this 20 to 30 range. I think one of these guys, or you know, at least this range wins it, but I'm looking at the ones I see as value. So, you know, X 22, it's whatever, but I like that number versus going down and getting like a 12 on JT, even though I think JT's better. I'm still looking at the extra 10 points that a guy with X that has the upside to win it. Brooks at 33 could be terrible. You know, a lot of people seem to be on it, but I'm taking it at 33. Got to, in my opinion. So, you know, I'd rather take that than a 25 DJ. Let's put it that way. So, uh, 33 Brooks, 35 Reed. Again, I talked about that one in depth. I'm all over that. I, I might even put more on that after I get off here. And if that fails me, then so be it. I like them. This is a stupid bet. Don't bet it probably, but Finau, the same number. I'm just that doing it. That is a stupid bet, though. That is a stupid yeah, bet. Terrible bet. But, you know, I, 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 can, I can each weigh it for a top five. And okay, I normally okay. don't on 35, but I have to with, with Finau because yeah, the bottom line is, is he doesn't win. We just talked about this. So uh, right, I well, here's that. the thing. Here's the thing. If you're a top five, if you're each way better, I mean that birdie on 18 where he stuck at the two feet was pretty fucking huge, you know, because there's like yeah. 11 guys top of third tied for third. So he got that. He got that each way. It uh, wasn't, it wasn't. I'll tell you one thing as a Canadian who has access to this stuff very easily and everyone wishes they had it last week would have been your worst nightmare for each way. Cause most books, I, not all of them. I know, but most, the majority, split that thing up all those ways. So oh, I shit, wouldn't, really? I wouldn't, I, I, not every book does it. Trust me, I know how the books work. I'm saying my book and the most common book that we use up here, they chop that thing up all those ways and it's the absolute worst feeling in the world. So uh, did you, would you even happen. have won money? Would you even, what would, It'd be would so you even? small. No, you yeah. probably wouldn't. And the yeah. other thing is, is you'd be so happy to have a guy like Adam Long sitting there and then watching all those guys just miss that short putt that are just moving up. Like imagine, Again, five or six of those guys move up, but he, he was good either way. I'm just saying that's who you want to have in that position, not all the guys landing at 16 under. But here nor there for this week, the idea is that, yeah, I can use that with Finau, but I could just see, again, strictly narrative, but gets his brother on the bag, and that's all it takes, and he comes and pulls off the win in a big boy event after we just talk shit about him completely, that there's no way he can close. It could happen. I mean, like I say, he has not been playing bad no, golf. No, I can't, dog. It's not going to He just happen. hasn't been closing. So I don't love it. It's not my favorite <laughs> of the first three that I mentioned. He, he being him being the fourth. And then my long shot is Reavy. I got him at 140 to one with the each way uh, top five. And I know a lot of people are on 125 or worse. Yeah. I think Reavy will be on my card. Uh, just not for the win. I, I, you'll have to check my article out for that. I, I, well, Kenny's the, the, favorite the, bet is a Reavy top 20 for this week. It's probably, that's probably what it's going to be. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I haven't, the numbers haven't come out yet for the book that I use. So gotcha. I can't really know. But that was where I was leaning. Now, I don't think he's going to win. But that top 20 bet seems sort of nice. And if it's like, you know, plus 400, plus 500, I'm going to jump on it. And that's going to be my bet. Uh, but we'll see where that goes. Uh, that, because the favorite bet has been working pretty, pretty well here recently. So let's go to the Barracuda. I got three names. Uh, you know, I'm just throwing out there. I don't know. If, I don't even think you should tell me. But I'm going um, Ryan Moore at 20 to 1. Taylor Gooch at 4 to 1. Robbie Shelton at 80 to 1. Yeah, I like that Shelton one. What What did you say you got Gucci at, 40? 40. 
Yeah, don't mind that either. I guess I mean, like, I think Henley or Moore probably win it, but you know, I don't like those. I, I never like betting that kind of number, and in a field like this, especially everybody's super hungry. You yeah. know, this is, uh, you know, I think isn't this where Morikawa got his first win? Was the Barracuda last year? I think so. Yes. Yeah. So you, you look at that. I mean, obviously, his upside is just in, immense. Like we talked about earlier, I, I'm betting 9,500 for him this week. I think he's so good. So uh, you know, here's the three I got. I got Schwab. Who I said I mentioned earlier, I got these numbers as soon as I woke up. Like some of them have changed already, but Schwab forty-five to one with the each Ooh, way. I got Bre- I got Brandon Grace fifty-five to one with the each way. I don't really think he has the full upside, but that price for this field doesn't seem right. Like I know some guys even were predicting him to be like twenty-five, thirty, fifty-five is just steep. So I got to try that one. And then my favorite by far was the Sebastian Munoz a hundred to one with the each way. It's already down to seventy, and I had oh, it locked there. in. I, I think you could even do some stuff with that. Like you could use him for some doubles if you want to get some other guys. And, and you could also do some Henley Moore, like get your Henley Moore doubles in with some of the guys at the top here, like JT, Rom, Bryson, whatever you feel at the top that you just, you know, for me, like not playing much of Bryson in DFS, maybe you could do a double or something like that just in case. I just don't love him for this week, yeah. for this tournament. So, All right, so one and done. I'll go first. I'm going Xander at the WGC, and I'm going Gooch at the, uh, at the Barracuda. Yeah, so should note too the the new segment is this week starting off. So there is not only is it a new segment, but there's two picks to make. So you know, for me, WGC, I know what I've got. I don't really like. I don't have X, so I can't use them, or I probably would. But you could use like a JT or a Rory. I'll probably use something like that higher end. I really do think the top of the board wins. If you wanted to go outside and use you know the course history angle, you could have like a Burger or a Horschel and just try and get some money popping off at the beginning and hope they do well. But then Reed or Finau, like, like I said, Finau, I'm taking a stretch on. I'm just a sicko. I, I like going back to him. I don't care. But Reed would be my other guy after X if you got him. X, Reed, JT would be my favorite three. For the Cuda, I think Grillo might be the highest owned. We didn't even mention him. A lot of people bet him at 30 to 1. I don't like that. That reminds me of the EVR bet last week that everyone just hops on board because of, you know, finally shows up for one tournament. But at the same time, and he's done well here in the past, but I like my other bets, my Schwab, my Grace, my Munoz. Take your chance on one of those guys and see what they do for you as far as the one and done is concerned. Yeah, I, I might shift over to Hatton. We'll see how it goes for that. OED. It's either extra Hatton for me. I, uh, Hatton's just been playing so damn well, and he's so good around these greens that that I might go that way with him. We'll see. You, you we'll, also we'll got to start thinking about who you got left and what's left for tournaments. Like where else yeah. might you use Hatton, right? And that's I know you could use him at any of the majors, but the idea is – it's not a bad tournament to use a guy like him. So I like yeah. that. I don't think he'll be as owned. He's not going to be your, you know, gem in the rough or whatever, your skin play where you get the only guy with him and you get your bonus based off of that. But he definitely would be someone who's lower owned in comparison as far as overall picks go in the one and done. Yeah, speaking of uh, golf balls. So uh, I'm friends with John Allville, who's uh, uh, cakes from the sports junkie. This is a syndicated radio sports radio show. It's the number one sports radio show in the DC area. And I always feed him picks. Uh, and I went Wierinski and uh, for him last week and uh, Norlander. So he did a pretty good job uh, last week getting moving up in that pool. And that's a really cool pool. Uh, if you guys want to start something like that, uh, he picks one international player and one American player each week. Uh, so yeah, that's a pretty cool way. If you guys want to start like a, a new pool somewhere or with your buddies or something, that's a pretty cool way to start. And shout out to Cakes. Uh, always a good guy, a uh, nice, nice friend of mine. So and imagine do- that he gets there on Wierenski and Norlander. I know, I know. That oh, that's like, that's right. just oh, disgusting. Here's the thing, like, everyone in his league is pissed off because they know that he gets his picks from me. Uh, he's never won this before. He was third, I think, going into last week. So I'm pretty yeah. sure he moved up. So people are even more pissed off about it. But, you know, I, I guess I do some things right when it comes down to the betting <laughs> and the picks that I give him have been yeah. pretty good. Now it comes to DFS, it has not been great. But they, there, are, there, are, there are some positives going uh, on my side. All right. So did we miss anything today, Tampa? No, I think we're good, man. It's going to be a fun week. This is, you know, the events I love. Like I said, I had good results. The last strong field. Typically, that's where I play my best game. So I'm feeling good about where I'm at right now for a Monday first look. All right, that sounds good. Well, you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can always hit me up there, ask me questions. You can find my article at GupsCorner.com. Uh, you know, I have my uh, – it's been a pretty good run with those bets. I'm, I started adding the favorite bet segment uh, every Wednesday on that article. So uh, you need to get my course preview, uh, my stats to look for, some trends on there. Uh, my cash game cornerstones will be on there. My favorite cash plays in each price range. 
and uh, I'm outside of my cash game cornerstones, and of course, my favorite bet and other bets that I do like. Tambo. Yeah, find me the same thing at, at Totag and Tambo on Twitter. If you have any questions, hit me up there. Uh, rotogrinders.com, you find all my work. I got the Monday review show that I do with TJ Lasig. On Tuesday, I get on with Noto and, and STL Cards. We do our sort of second look. At, you know, if you want to call this my first look with Kenny as an overview, we get a little bit more in depth and direct there as far as picking out the actual plays, some lineup construction, what we think the rest of the field is going to be doing, game theory, how we can leverage that uh, for both single entry, three max, and multi entry. And then Wednesday, I do my lineup HQ show with a different guest each week uh, based on the Roto Grinders brand and, and bringing people in. So a lot of fun there. Saturday, I've got my round four showdown show. If you guys want to head over to rotogrinders.com slash DGEN, the no promo link is required. You'll be able just to click on. You can get the first month for 10 bucks off, or you can go for the annual and get 50 bucks off and lock it in. And then anything else, just hit me up, like I said, on Twitter, at Totec and Tampa. All right, so it should be a good week. The field's a lot better than last week, and we gave two tournaments to bet on, so that's always great. I've been getting to like betting a lot more since, you know, I've been winning a bunch. But let's get this week done. Let's do it. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. Today tastes like heading out the door and driving into town. It tastes like grabbing snacks and a Coke and singing as loud as you can. Today tastes like anything could happen. And it never tasted this good. Summer tastes better with Coca-Cola. Wherever you're going this week, don't forget to grab an ice-cold, refreshing Coca-Cola from 7-Eleven. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Price and Coverage Match Limited by State Law. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.